0: Hello and welcome to Real-Time Strategy, a bi-weekly podcast looking at the gaming industry through the lens of public relations. I'm one of your hosts, Caitlin Redwing, joined by my fellow triple pointer and frequent guest, Brad DeRamon. How are you doing, Brad?
1: I'm doing great, Caitlin. Thank you. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm so glad to have you back. You are like our quote-unquote like Another host.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm flattered. I'm flattered. It's always fun to come on the on the podcast. So
0: Yeah, it's great to have you on. And today we are also joined by a special guest and NPR video game writer Keller Gordon. Keller, thank you so much for coming on the show. How are you doing today?
2: I am doing well. Yeah, no complaints. Thanks so much for having me, guys.
0: Of course. Sure. It's always a blast to have new faces on the show. Yeah. <laughs> uh This week, we will be discussing the overlap of healthcare and video games. But before we get into our main topic, Keller, we would like to start off with some fun gaming questions and just kind of get to know you and you get to know us a little bit better.
2: Yeah, that sounds great.
0: So uh, first, what games are you playing right now?
2: Yeah, um, I'm currently juggling a couple games. Um, I recently started a new save on Elden Ring. I wanted to uh, redo my build because I just didn't really like the one I had at first. And yeah. now I have a little more knowledge to, uh, to start a more effective file. And it's been great. I've been making more progress at a pace that seems a little bit more manageable. Um, it's such a ridiculous game. Um,
0: <laughs> what, um, what did you first start as and what are you now?
2: yeah i picked samurai this was actually my first uh from game and i obviously i knew a lot about the other games but had never played them and i just liked the way the samurai looked but ultimately it just didn't seem like a very good starting <laughs> class uh someone who had never played these games before so um i chose warrior for my second run through and that's been A lot better I don't want to say easier Um, I do have more knowledge going into it so that's been helpful but um, it's been more manageable but it is still ridiculously hard
0: (laughs) that is interesting I started as a bandit oh cool and I have I got stuck and I don't remember where I'm at and how far I've gotten because I haven't played in a little bit, but mm-hmm. I want to go back to it. And I was thinking about starting a new class. Yeah. And it's funny that you said you started with the samurai because that's what I was going to restart as.
2: I think there are definitely ways to do it that I just didn't, I like I just didn't have the knowledge of what build was going to work. Um, and I And I started playing it when I had the review code. So like there was nothing online. And so I was just meandering around, like I found a good weapon that actually made no sense for the build and I was like, oh, okay. I'm gonna use this. So, I mean, if you go online and just look up best samurai build, like you will find plenty of stuff.
0: Yeah, I, I've i done that for Bandit, I my brother, this was also my first like from Soft game, Souls mm-hmm. game, um, but my brother is familiar with them and he was also playing Elden Ring with me and he would just come and like watch me play. And he's like, hey, go over here. So he's mm-hmm. like, you go to the right, and he's like, run past these people. There's an yeah. awesome shield, and I've been using that shield since the beginning of the game because he was my lucky charm, and I should have never found that shield, been able to have even gotten to the area where it was. But you know what? Any any way you decide to play Elden Ring is yeah. the right way. So
2: Yeah, exactly. Some call
0: it cheating. I call it you're being smart.
2: I... I feel like cheating is such a harsh word for fromsoft games they're so hard if i want to go online or talk to someone who's better than me i'm gonna do it because yeah it's so ridiculously hard um and i don't want to feel ashamed for using a guide when the game is torturing me uh good torture though yeah. um i also recently downloaded persona 5 uh, which i had never played mm-hmm. and um, so those are the two like ps5 games that i've been um, juggling persona 5 is so good it is just like really well done um, definitely something i'm gonna continue playing um, yeah it's great
0: did you get the the royal version
2: mm-hmm yeah okay. um, it was actually on sale on the ps store so that was nice um, and thought thought it was time to to play a new jrpg because i don't play them often and i thought yeah like what better place to do it than like one of the best ones ever
0: yeah i uh i would say same but Mm -hmm. i only played through like the first boss in persona 5 okay in like december or something i don't know i picked it up and i'm not one i really don't play jrpgs and i was like oh i everybody just kept telling me to and they're like you'll love persona And I don't know what it was. I just, I played for a little bit and then I got distracted and moved on, which really isn't out of, like, that's not all that um, odd for me. I feel like I play games for a short period of time and get distracted and do something else.
2: Mm -hmm. I think think we need to change the stigma around not finishing games. I feel like when an amazing game comes out, the assumption is like, you're going to finish it, and if you don't, that means you hated the game. I'm like, it is unlikely that I finish Elden Ring, and I love that game. It is yeah. it's so unbelievably hard. Like, I would need to spend more time than I have um, to beat it. So I, I definitely think there's like a... If you didn't finish a game, you you didn't like it, and you're not a a part of that game's community, which I think is just a very silly... Uh, way of going about gaming discussions
0: um i'm a hundred percent behind that because i lie <laughs> and say i beat games mm-hmm. um a lot because i'm like i am going to people are going to attack me if i say i didn't yeah. finish this fallout game or this mass effect game mm-hmm. which my god people are gonna freak out at me now but like no i probably played if i've played at least like I'm going to say maybe half. Then I'm like I finished it, you know? It's, yeah. I I don't I don't want to finish it. I want you to go f- you on. You finished what you needed to. I did. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I support that statement because I don't want to feel guilty for not finishing games, but like I love games and just want to try them all, so but I don't have mm-hmm. enough hours in the day.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Cool. Well, what kind of video games do you play to unwind
2: yeah that's a good question um i think it changes for the past man two and a half years basically like since summer of 2020 i have been playing slay the spire so much i think i've logged like about 500 hours in that game um more than any other game i've played over the last couple years and it's just so easy to pick up on the switch and play in bed um play if i'm just bored or like i don't know if i'm watching tv with my roommate but i'm not super involved in the show like i can play it while he's watching and that that's just a it's just a great supplement to to have um in my day if i'm bored um or like trying to go to bed and yeah, Slay the Spire is such a, such an amazing game. And I, I don't think I've put it down for more than like, I, I don't think I've, um, I think I've played at least once every two weeks for the past, like two and a half years. Like it's just the game that I am, have been coming back to so frequently Um yeah, it's just, it's just ridiculously fun. Um, hmm. Have you guys ever played it before?
0: I haven't, but I played um, Rise of the Slime, which oh, is yeah. s- similar. It's, They're both like the deck-building roguelike games. Yeah,
2: cool. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan of the genre. I think it's definitely, it's pretty niche, but I, I but I think it's really neat how... There are so many different cards in the game that you will never have a run that's exactly the same as the one before. Um, And that happens in other roguelike games where you have a run where you're like, okay, I've I've seen this exact sequence of like weapons and enemies and bosses, even if it's randomly generated. But Slay the Spire has far too many combinations of things that... um, make it so that the the stuff that's random is like really random like there's ne- you're never going to have the same run twice if you do the probability would be astronomically low so yeah it's it's really cool
0: i you might have sold me i might look and just check to see if yeah. it's on sale every once in a while cuz
2: yeah it has been on sale before it's it's not super expensive it's a small team oh okay um and yeah the community has grown a lot since it's come out um pretty pretty popular indie game for sure
0: yeah it um has a rating of 10 out of 10 on steam and yeah. that's with 94887 reviews
2: yeah that sounds about right it's um wow very few people <laughs> yeah very few people <laughs> i have met that have played it were like uh, yeah, that wasn't for me. Like, no, nah, you're you're gonna enjoy this game. It's it's really easy to, to like.
0: Hmm. I, I almost always like kind of hate asking this question because I always want to play the games people talk about, and then I do buy it. I'm like, hmm, looking at my Switch right now. Like, maybe after this, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go yeah, add it to my um, library.
2: Yeah, it's a very um, it's a very low stakes investment. Um, I think it's just pretty cheap game and you can put as much as you want into it um Mm -hmm. and there is a lot of uh once you reach a certain point there's there's a lot of um difficulty um that you can raise or lower depending on what you're feeling um but i have now reached the highest difficulty for all four characters trying to beat the game like that and it's it's yeah it's a lot of fun it's very addicting
0: <laughs> so you've put a lot of hours into this game i have
2: put a lot of hours a lot of hours nice
0: that's that's fair that's like me and animal crossing is like my yeah two game to unwind i don't even know what how many hours yeah. i've put into it that I've, is like I've,
2: the unwind game oh yeah, yeah. I'm
0: afraid to look <laughs> i took like a pretty big break just because like when it first came out and it was the beginning of the pandemic i it was all i did I just like, there was nothing else to do but sit in my apartment and play Animal Crossing because the world was shut down. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I took a, I took like a year break, but then the like update came out last fall with the DLC and I was like, sucked me right back in. It's like every morning I wake up, I'm like, I I gotta go pick apples and (laughs) (laughs) go run around my island, see what's up um but yeah brad what about you what kind of games do you play to unwind
1: oh that's a good question caitlin um pokemon go honestly like just mm-hmm. get out go walk around not look at all the nature around me and just be looking at my phone right <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, I miss um
1: that game. yeah yeah no it's 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 fun uh the the big um community day their yearly event was over the weekend i was uh i was in chicago was visiting some family so i uh you know walking around the city getting a bunch of pokemon fighting in raids all that jazz it was good it was good um that's awesome that and uh that and wordle i'm I'm a big wordle guy now i mean i just i just like using my brain that way right it's Mm -hmm. i i i I always love those kind of like you know problem solving sort of puzzles even if it's just like trying to like suss out words right um but that's that's fun i've tried a few of the other variants uh the one that i'm really trying to like hone my skills on now is worldal, which is you go around guessing countries based on their outline of oh, their of their borders I which is really difficult yeah, yeah cool. um yeah my the, i i think i missed it yesterday but a couple days ago i don't want to i'm not going to spoil today's but for any any well i guess by the time people listen to this it'll be spoiled anyway so <laughs> i did not get a i did not get namibia today but i got um what was the other one that i got the other day i think it was like the gambia yeah, um, cool. I, I I I'm a I'm I'm a I used to be a big geography guy. I you know I could like rattle off every every country in the world that sort of thing. Cool. So I definitely am gonna use this to try and you know sharpen my skills a little bit again. Cause
0: do you play GeoGuessr?
1: I was just about to ask that. Yeah. I don't. I <laughs> I have GeoGuessr downloaded on my phone, and I have not actually started playing it yet.
0: Well, I. <laughs> I got, I was obsessed last year, and I like paid for mm-hmm. like, I can't pro or whatever it was called. Um, yeah, I still watch Geo Wizard on uh, YouTube, love him. Like <laughs> yeah, one of awesome. my favorite human beings. Yeah, but I do love that game. And I also love Wordle. I still have a group chat with my mom and brothers and every day we play, and every day my mom is better than us. <laughs>
2: nice
0: (laughs) and we're very competitive family so when we beat her (laughs) it is always a good day but no she is she's one of those people that she i I can't watch like uh wheel of fortune with her or jeopardy because she just gets things so fast and i'm Mm -hmm. she didn't pass those genes on to me unfortunately (laughs) uh Cool. Well, one last question. Uh, Keller, what is your favorite game or games of all time?
2: Oh, man. Um, <laughs> this is a question I probably think about like once a week. Like, okay, let me, let me go over this again and figure out what some of my favorites are. I feel like in no particular order, the ones that come to mind, like Hollow Knight always pops into my head. Like that oh, game is just great. Like If, if you play that game and I don't even care if you don't finish it, like, like what we were saying before, if you play that game and you didn't like it, it's so shocking to me. Like it is so good. Um, it is so good. The writing is unbelievable. It is just like, it it is one of the most beautiful, perfect games out there. Um, I mean, I got to throw Slay the Spire up there. Uh, Hades, I was a huge fan of Hades. Again, a lot of these games, I feel like it's a lot of recency bias. Like, I'm going to be drawn more to the the games that I've played more recently. Mm -hmm. But yeah, those those three, Breath of the Wild for sure. And then there are a bunch of ones for GameCube and Game Boy Advance that I always come back to, like Metroid Fusion uh, for the Game Boy Advance was like easily one of my favorite games growing up um and smash i love smash in all forms um except for maybe brawl but i was yeah, gonna i are, almost <laughs> asked i
0: was like well what do you think about brawl
2: brawl <sighs> i mean breaking my heart keller like, like adding a color. tripping mechanic like why would you trip in the game like that's so silly like there's never been a fighting game with tripping before well um, that's
0: what makes brawl different you I, know?
1: yeah i, I think like, there are I'm other different fighting games where you do trip but i'm gonna have oh, to like really? double check that yeah yeah that's so interesting um yeah i really liked
2: project m though the um the brawl mod which is brawl's graphics with melee's mechanics um so oh, it, I... yeah it was it was cra- like it was so good you downloaded the file onto an sd card and then put the sd card into your switch or sorry into your um wii <laughs> and then um you would boot it up there and like you would have to go to the like arena builder um, feature and it would launch Project M and it was like hmm. so good. It was like all I played with my friends in high school because we didn't want to play Brawl um, and we're getting a little tired of Melee. Um, I, t- <laughs> I don't even want to know how many hours I've pumped into Smash in my entire <laughs> life. It's probably a really obscene number.
0: I have I've played a lot of Smash. My brothers compete nice and oh,
2: that's so cool
0: it's all they do and they have like a crtv still specifically just to play like cool. smash on it um and other old games they but yeah smash is big in my household and i used to like it when i when my brothers were younger and nah. i was o- i'm older and I could beat them, and now they are just way too good. and yeah. it's ridiculous. <laughs> so I just watch them.
2: <laughs> uh, I am a younger brother, and the exact same ha- thing happened to me. My brother would always beat me, and then I played a crap ton in college. And I came back from school, and I just whooped him. Like, <laughs> and it was it was hilarious just watching him get so mad at this at this turn of events for him. Uh, This this family dynamic that completely turned on its head um, Which was pretty funny. Uh, It
0: really shakes up a family Yeah, it does. I was distraught (laughs) It's a (laughs) serious endeavor. (laughs) Same thing happened with um, Mario Kart I was unbeatable and now and then my brother like the middle one spent so much perfecting and Mm -hmm. memorizing every course (laughs) and like obsessively and now again can't play with him because he's just so funny so good every once in a while I get a win over him and I hold it over him (laughs) because as you should it's all I have left in life you know your
2: siblings you have to hold things over each other
0: yeah it's we're a very competitive family (laughs) (laughs) oh great well before we dive into our main topic uh one quick disclaimer Triple Point works with many game, gaming companies that may come up on this show, including Blizzard, the Pokemon Company, Gearbox, and more. Visit triplepointpr.com for our full client roster. Well, oh, I guess, Keller, we didn't tell you our favorite games. Because we yeah, talk please. Right often. I, yeah. But yeah, that's fine. we we'll, After I did our disclaimer, it doesn't matter. Um I am a huge fan of the Last of Us series. Nice. It's I am always replaying One of them, I am now on the grounded mode for The Last of Us 2, and it's killing me very slowly inside (laughs) because it's so hard, but I like pain. That's grounded. But, yeah, that is my favorite game. And, yeah, growing up, I was a huge Mario fan. Mario Sunshine was my Mm. favorite.
2: Yes, Mario Sunshine. Top tier game.
0: It's... I don't know, just the atmosphere of that game. Oh, I would yeah. replay it all the time. And, totally. and then Zelda Twilight Princess. Nice. Yeah, which I bring up every single episode, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> so far, I have found a way to bring it up. Uh, Brad, what uh, what are some of your favorite games?
1: Um, my favorite games, a lot of it's the DS era stuff. Because that was, that was really when I was, I think, like, not necessarily my, like, peak number of hours gaming, because I definitely spent more time gaming during, like, the, the Game Boy, GameCube era, but I think I was old enough to really kind of, like, get it with some of these games and be able to follow along, like, a, a narrative. So, like, Chrono Trigger, um, Ghost Trick on the DS is, is one of my all-time favorites. Um, and then JRPGs have always stuck close to me, so Dragon Quest Eleven on Switch is it's my favorite Switch game, easily. Cool. Um, and um, I mean, yeah, those are those are like my three go-to's. So
2: <laughs> that's awesome. Love yeah, that. Yeah, some of those some of those old DS games are magic. They are.
0: Okay, well, <laughs> now we can actually get into our main topic <laughs> for the second half of our episode. Um, but to start, Keller, um, how did you get into games reporting?
2: yeah uh, so I was a temp at NPR and I wasn't um, I wasn't even in a journalism role um, but I had reached out to one of the editors on the arts desk which I now think is called the culture desk um, I think they changed that recently um, uh, yeah her name was Petra Mayer um, she, actually passed away about 6 months ago. Uh she was my first editor. She was like a huge part of why I I got into this. Um Yeah, that was pretty tough, but um Yeah, I'm
0: sorry for your loss. No, it's a,
2: it's okay. I there there are people at at NPR who were much closer with her and were really affected way more um ultimately than I was, but yeah, she was she was wonderful. Um and She was a great editor uh learned so much from her and i i had basically reached out to her while i was still a temp and i was like hey i know you just started a gaming column for npr do you need more freelancers um and she said yes and i had a couple pitches for her uh which i think if i hadn't it wouldn't have worked out so i was very lucky that i proactively Mm -hmm. um had some ideas for her and it worked out and Yeah. I've been doing it for, um, almost three years now, um, trying to grow that column as, as much as, as much as possible. Um, Mm -hmm. with, uh, my new editor, James, who's, who's a great guy. Uh, he, he is big into video games. He's been playing them for a long, long time. So he's really great to have. So yeah, it's, it's, um, I got into it through, through my, my, my late editor and, um, have, since been continuing to do it and it's it's so much fun just growing video game content for an outlet that is certainly not known for it so that's that's been cool
0: yeah but at least an outlet that is known for really great reporting and so just to be able to pair like you do great reporting and also for like the video games it's yeah it i'm always surprised at how many outlets um, don't have like a video game section mm-hmm. and absolutely it gets lumped into like I, you said culture, but that's I'm trying to think of um,
1: I see it lumped into tech a lot
0: tech. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. what is it It gets lumped in there a lot and kind of gets lost and
1: Absolutely.
2: Yeah, it it it's surprising to me and I've brought this up to so many different people in games journalism and how outlets major outlets don't have a dedicated team to uh, write about the fastest growing entertainment industry in the world. Like you write about movies and TV. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't you write about something that's growing at an even faster rate than those? Um, And I know a lot of it has to do with like, just the, these older stigmas about video games and uh, you know, how they, you know, they make you violent and like they're scary and you shouldn't, you shouldn't sit in front of games all day, which you shouldn't. Um, but you shouldn't sit in front of TV and movies all day. So it's, it really is the same idea. There's a lot of bad things like war and violence glorified in TV and movies. So it's weird how those same stigmas don't exist, exist there like they do in video games. But yeah. Um, I think it's, it's so important for these outlets to, to cover this stuff. Um, cause people really care about it, especially young people. So yeah, if you want to grow your audience, talk about video games.
0: I could not have said it better myself. It's always baffling to me that it just is a forgotten form of entertainment for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you mentioned, it basically is just all about moderation and Like, what form of entertainment are you choosing to supplement your time with? Is it movies, video games, books? All have their pros and cons. And yes, you shouldn't be playing video games 24-7. But it is still a form of entertainment. And it's art that should get more recognition than it it does. Mm -hmm. Um, Cool. So, yeah. What is... I guess specifically, what is it that you like about writing about games? Is that kind of what you always wanted to write about when you went into journalism?
2: Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even study journalism. I I went to school and got an English degree, um, an unemployment degree, as I like to call it. Um, (laughs) Mine's writing, so that's that's what my dad called it, yeah. Yep. Um, Which I I guess at this point is a little unfair, but yeah, um, I guess when it came down to wanting to to journalism. I wasn't thinking, oh, it must be video games. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna touch any other um, topic other than video games. I, I don't think I had that thought. It was just, I was thinking about what I like to do in my free time, and video games is obviously a huge part of that. So. Why not focus on something I really love um, and report on things that I think are interesting in that space? Um, I I just don't see myself having the same level of passion uh, that I would with with video games for 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 another topic um, so I'm not against doing other reporting um, it just seems like it's Something I'm good at, so and something I care about a lot, and I've been doing since I was literally four years old, like playing melee. So um, it just sort of seemed like a good fit.
0: Yeah, it's you. You fell into the right area that that meets your expertise and passions. And yeah, absolutely. Sometimes that's really rare, but it is great that you have found that.
2: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's it's no different for someone who goes into political reporting and mm-hmm. economics reporting it's things they're interested in so yeah why not why not pursue it
0: yeah it's when i went into public relations i i also kind of fell into video games i started i was working in new york city and was working on like tech clients because mm-hmm. um, that's all i knew i was like oh technology like again i didn't really see a lot of video game coverage out in the wild and I was like I don't it didn't even like cross my mind that that is an entire industry that I could work in and Mm -hmm. I after being in public relations that it was kind of like I was like oh I could just be doing this but with video games which yeah when
2: when did that transition happen for you from tech to exclusively video games
0: yeah I I Oh my gosh, what year is it right now? Twenty it's twenty two. <laughs> it's a good so in, question. <laughs> in twenty twenty, I I lost my job during the pandemic, mm-hmm. like that summer, and moved back to Michigan where I'm at right now. Just needed a break. Didn't wanna be sitting in a shoebox apartment in New York yep. when I couldn't do anything. So I was like, let's just take a break. Let's see what happens. And I I wasn't sure if I was gonna do PR again and then I was looking, I was like, what can I do in video games? And then Triple Point kind of fell in my lap where one of our partners, Quinn, like reached out to me and it was either on, I think it was on Twitter. And he's like, Mm -hmm. I "I know you worked in public relations. Do you have any interest in doing that for video games? Would you like to apply here? And I was like, yes. I'm like, this is like the perfect mesh of what I like abilities and passion. And so yeah, last February is when I started here at Triple Point and it has been smooth sailing since and I love it.
2: That's awesome. Yeah. I love when things like that just fall into your lap. It's it seems like a like a a positive twist of fate.
0: Yeah, it's mm-hmm. especially after like you're in the pandemic and you lose your job mm-hmm. and you move like to a different state and you're like, I don't know, you're back living at home, and you're like, I don't know what I am doing um part of me kind of knew i was like this is gonna be a good thing i something will i'll find something that's better yeah and that something that was better found me but (laughs) it's yeah the there was a silver lining with it all and i'm very glad to be doing public relations for video games and especially with triple point
2: yeah that's awesome
0: yeah well cool so on your reporting earlier this year, you published a story with NPR about using video games to treat cognitive disorders. Mm-hmm. Um, your story focused on a game called NeuroGrow, a game designed by the University of Utah based on research by psychiatrist Dr. Sarah Shizuko Morimoto. Yep. <laughs> cool. Uh, As an experimental treatment for cognitive decline, specifically, the the game is designed to target and enhance the functioning of neural circuitry with the hope that an aging brain would eventually respond better to medications like antidepressants. Mm -hmm. Um, now that that spiel (laughs) is out there, uh, (laughs) I just wanted to ask you what, what got you interested in this topic and what was something maybe like surprising that you found during your research?
2: Yeah. Um. Well, like I'm sure both of you are also subscribed to. I, I saw um, it at the tail end of the Axios gaming mm-hmm. newsletter. Uh, they had just mentioned NeuroGrow, a um, an experimental treatment for basically everything you just said. And I um, reached out to uh, my editor, um, my current editor, and and he liked the idea. Um, and we pursued it. And it, it was a story that took a long time. There was a lot of different interviews to to conduct with uh, Morimoto's um, team. Well, actually, I just spoke to her, but then also um, the for-profit company, which I'm sure we'll get to, uh, and then researchers who uh, know more about video games and psychology than I do. So um, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun putting that story together and uh, it wound up being picked up by All Things Considered, so I got to do, um, uh, a radio story for it, which is the first time I've been on the radio, um, in, in this sort of sense. So, uh, yeah, that was just a great story. I, um, something I learned is just that people are actually pursuing video games in a way that isn't entertainment, um. I mean, I guess ultimately some of the games are still entertaining and that's kind of the draw of them, which we'll get to. But, yeah, I just thought it was neat, like, hearing about these people that we don't know about. These aren't these aren't people like Ubisoft or Blizzard or Nintendo. These are teams of people that we have n- no idea existed who are making video games for brains and... Um, I just think that's interesting, and hopefully, there's more of uh, there's more to talk about in the future because I, I I definitely think it's it's going to grow,
0: yeah. Yeah, I I definitely think it's going to grow as well. I know they are still going through trials right now, mm-hmm. um, as you mentioned in your article. um, And I know they've seen like significant improvements in brain functions, which is always a positive sign. Yeah. Um. How long would you say this article took from Ooh. conception to publication?
2: Um, I, I don't know if I remember the date exactly, but I think this is something that I had pitched like literally in November, like November okay. of 2021. And um, for a series of reasons, like not just how long the reporting took, um, which is a while, but also just delays, like editorial delays. Um, yep. NPR doesn't have, as as you can probably guess, doesn't have like a huge budget for video game coverage. Um, So a lot of the time there were articles in the pipeline and so NeuroGrow article had to be pushed um, out. Uh, Luckily that was okay because it wasn't like a a game review or some breaking news that needed to be out that day. Um, The day the game came out, for example. Uh, So it was easy to, to push and Ultimately, pushing was good because we we wound up being able to do a little more research and pursue the story to its fullest and not leave out important details, which we may have if it were um, sooner uh, mm-hmm. in the pipeline. So yeah, it was good.
0: Yeah, it is definitely a in-depth article. Um, the other company that was mentioned is it Achilles? Achy- I think it's
2: Achilles. Achilles Achille okay. Labs. Yep.
0: Achille Labs, yep. Yeah, um, it's a company producing a racing game called Endeavor um, RX. Mm-hmm. I, I, do they pronounce it just RX, or do they say prescription?
2: I think they say RX. Yeah. <laughs>
0: okay. It's always one of those things where I'm like, I don't know what. They, yeah. Which one? They um.
2: Name. Um. I think Endeavor RX makes more sense with the with sense. the tongue. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Endeavor RX. Uh, it's a game designed to treat ADHD in children. Um, And in 2020, the FDA allowed it to be marketed as a treatment for inattentiveness in kids with ADHD. Um, Your story touches on skepticism around the game as a form of ADHD treatment. What would you say researchers doubt, or why do they doubt this about the game?
2: Yeah, so the biggest thing comes down to marketing. Um, I think a lot of researchers looked at what little data they had available to them and said, this seems like a marketing ploy. Um, one of the first bits of preliminary research I did on um, Achilles was a Washington Post article about it and how one of the researchers that they had talked to, uh, a psychologist was like, yeah, it's a marketing ploy. There's, There isn't a lot of evidence that points to children using this game and having their test scores improve or their reading comprehension improve. It was more like, you're going to get better at playing games like this. You're going to get better at playing games like Subway Surfer or Mario Kart or Temple Run, you know, things that look similar to Endeavor RX. So that I think is where most of the skepticism comes in. Um, Another part of the issue is that These private companies don't have to show us, show the public data. They have to, you know, present data to the FDA. And um, the FDA, an important distinction is that they, the FDA gave them permission to um, market this game. Um, This wasn't an FDA approved drug, so to speak. Like this isn't like this isn't like, um, you know, like an antidepressant, right? That the FDA approves and people can get prescribed it. Like you can prescribe this game, but um, the FDA, I don't think has been presented with enough evidence for them to say, yes, this is a proven uh, treatment for ADHD. They can market it. Um, I I guess, I didn't know that there were rules about marketing medication, but that makes perfect sense. You can't just say, you can't make up a, a, a snake oil treatment and market it however you want. You have to get the clearance to do so. Um, and they got that clearance, but I think, again, some of that skepticism is just how effective this stuff actually is. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I've never used the game. Um, I i'm also not a young kid anymore so if i played these games now like who knows if it would actually make a difference in our lives um Mm -hmm. but i i'd be lying if i said i wasn't rooting for them like i would love for this game to to really work out and show that kids that use this can have better test scores and reading comprehension that would be awesome um but we'll just have to see because it's gonna be a while till we'll see like you know, definitive proof that these games work for kids.
0: Yeah, and you need it, like the research is basically just in the beginning stages. Oh yeah, it's yeah. You have um, a very small sample size mm-hmm. for limited number of games. Like this is just one of who knows how many are being are in mm-hmm. like trials and being researched right now. It's probably a pretty small set of yeah, those.
2: I um, would say so. Um, I think it's. When it comes down to medical research, uh, it takes a really, really long time. They need to make sure that this stuff is okay. You can't just give people drugs um, right. without testing them. So um, not that this, this is a, a, a traditional drug, so to speak, but yeah, you, you got to make sure that this stuff is okay for people to use and isn't a marketing ploy.
0: Yeah, and I think it's a very fair assumption to be wary of these types of, yeah, um, alternative forms of medicine because mm-hmm. it's, we're all familiar that these, like, marketing gimmicks do happen all the time, especially when it's like, oh, try this snake oil medicine. And it's, like, not FDA approved, but…
2: Yeah, Exactly
0: you want to lose weight take this <laughs> weird supplement we have no idea what's in it and we're not going to tell you yeah it's everyone is used to being fooled by things and like you mentioned i think it's just it'll come down to research once we have more and we can see the effects of these types of games on mm-hmm. children and i mean beyond children um but yeah it's recently axios also reported on Achilles um, they recently announced a partnership with Roblox to yep. allow endeavor RX users to get rewards in roblox um this is it's I I mean huge if your any yeah. partnership with Roblox is yeah kind of astounding um, and is a large indicator that there's like a lot of enthusiasm around technology that's used for health reasons especially when it comes to, video games um this partnership will be tested this summer allowing the game to be digitally connected to endeavor rx children will unlock badges pets and avatar customization options along with other rewards for using the medicine and hitting key milestones um yeah i guess it's just do we think we're going to see more of these types of partnerships with smaller companies um what do you think this says about like the state of healthcare and video games?
2: So without going on it just a huge like Just going on a huge uh speech about this. I I, I do think there are going to be more partnerships. Um, mm-hmm. I I think with things like vr coming out and like, you know more advanced vr coming out like medical video game treatment is going to be a thing I have no reason to believe that this won't slow down. Um, mm-hmm. uh, um, or sorry, I have no reason to believe that it will slow down. And I just think it's like, there, there are so many different ways to go about this and there's a lot of money to be made. Um, and there's a lot of kind of scary stuff too. I, I, like a company like Roblox, which has a history of, a not treating its users kindly, um, and very unfairly. Uh, I'm, I don't know if you guys have seen the, um, the People Make Games YouTube channel. They, the, the guy put out a video that was just a two-part series on Roblox and how they are a, like, really just not a, a, a great company, um, and they don't um yeah they they misuse their their users and kids are tricked into thinking that they can make money making video games on roblox and they won't ever see a penny of that um so i think partnerships with these companies is a little frightening because suddenly roblox can start saying to parents who are skeptical skeptical of this company um and this game when they see inappropriate content on roblox they can say like oh no roblox is awesome because look we're partnering with a, a company that makes a game to treat adhd how could we possibly be uh you know a toxic community or a toxic company uh when in reality when i hear things like oh there are rewards and avatars and new skins and like i do i want rewards as a part of medicine like i don't know if like that just seems a little bit that seems a little bit sketchy to me is like suddenly you're being rewarded in game for using endeavor rx through roblox it just seems like a huge stretch like your your child's uh, attention is going to improve because they're using roblox like that alone just sounds so ridiculous um and i think yeah it, it it just seems like really a fast and potentially uh dangerous um like thing to consider, you know, like that the, these video games are are going to be a cure for ADHD, which yeah. seems right. slightly. Um, I know they Achilles would never say cure. Like mm-hmm. I don't think they're allowed to say cure, because um, there's so few cures for anything. Uh, so yeah, they they the certain language they use, I'm sure they have to tiptoe around a lot of different language, but it, it just seems. Like, this is the marketing ploy that at work, potentially. Um, again, I'm rooting for them. If it works out, it works out. And I, I hope it does. I hope that people aren't fooled by this and that this is actually a real thing. But it certainly looks a little sketchy just based on the research that I've done, the research that people have done about Roblox. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm not all that familiar with what is going on with Roblox. Um, Somehow that is just a company that has a little under my radar. I, but I did do just a quick Google search and I saw a lot of things and I was like, okay, so I will have to do some of my own um, research into that. I, I guess to me, when I was thinking of getting rewarded for like using the medicine, it reminded me of like when I was a kid and I needed to take like life-saving medicine Mm. but it was like a giant pill and i didn't want to do it and my mom was like well i'll give you ice cream Mm -hmm. if you take your medicine that's what it reminded me of is kind of like pairing treatment and medicine with a positive Mm -hmm. um enforcement but you
2: yeah uh, um i think that's I don't want to. I don't want to use the word "spin" because that makes it sound like it's nefarious. Mm-hmm. Um, but it. But that is a positive way of looking at it. Is like you are improving your your attention, and as a result, you get rewarded with in-game items. Uh, you know, exclusive yeah. items for using these. Uh, for using this game, um, so that makes sense to me. And and the the comparison you made makes perfect sense. Uh, um. A child needs to take medication, they don't want to. Um, we'll give you ice cream, we'll go to six flags, whatever if you do this. So like that 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 makes sense to me. But um it seems like in this case, you know, you have this huge company, these two huge companies, like multi like billions of dollars coming together uh to create something, and it, it seems uh, a little more complex um than a reward system for Getting kids to use medicine, yeah. or to take medicine, yeah.
0: Yeah, I wonder. I can't remember if this is open to like all people or if they're, if it's just going to be like a small group of children in Roblox.
2: Mm, like a test, maybe. Yeah. Well, because yeah.
0: they, I know they said they were testing it this summer. Mm. Um. I don't know. It's we'll have to keep an eye on it.
2: Definitely, yeah.
0: See if any results come out of this, and who is sharing those results? <laughs> is it relaxed Because if it is, maybe we take it all with a grain of salt. Mm. Um,
2: I know. I want to do more reporting on this because it 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 has potential to be a very deep dive. Um. Yeah. And you guys should definitely check out the. Um, I can send it to you afterwards. Uh, the yeah. the two YouTube videos that this guy put together. He does a insane dive into. Roblox. And as you can imagine, the video has got lots of views and Roblox wasn't Mm -hmm. too happy. So, um, I, I did
0: see, I wonder if it's the video I saw and he was like, Roblox pressured us to delete our videos. Yes. Is it by people make games? Yes. People make games. Yes, that's right. Okay. Yep. I see it. How Roblox is exploiting young game developers was one of the videos that I see that Mm -hmm. I'm sure is what they're talking about. Um, interesting. Yeah. We will, We'll definitely look at that and kind of learn more about Roblox. Um, for Achilles, though, I where they are also working on a couple other things. Um, I know they've reported positive clinical tests involving autism in children, hmm. as well as depression and multiple sclerosis in adults. It is also in trials to use. Um, this kind of game to treat brain fog that comes from long COVID and chemotherapy. Mm. And that really stood out to me. It's just it's one of those things where it's like when you read it, it's like, oh, that makes sense to treat something like brain fo- like brain fog with video games. Totally. Because um, I'm like, I'm just thinking of myself. It's like after I've had a long day and my brain is just like mush and potatoes, I just play like puzzles on my iPad. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's sort of it's like mindless but at the same time is really helping with like short-term memory um other cognitive skills and it's just kind of like i almost want to say it's like massaging your brain in a Mm -hmm. way it's just like it's relaxing but kind of helps your brain build up these functions again yeah and so many video games use puzzle mechanics um but yeah it's long covid is something That we are all conscious of Mm -hmm. the the CDC recently stated that one in five COVID survivors between the ages of 18 to 64 and a quarter of those 65 and older will develop long COVID symptoms Um, some of those symptoms is brain fog fatigue and depression and there are just not enough occupational um, rehabilitation and like speech and pathology therapists in mm. the country or the world to treat all of these people. So any kind of like um, medicine that can be virtual or use certain technology is just one cheaper and too mm-hmm. easily accessible for mass groups of people.
2: Yeah, um, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, not everyone has access to like a doctor at all times. Um, and it costs a lot of money. So yeah, it, um, I hope that video games can play a role. Um, I don't even know if we'll call them video games. It's hard to say. Cause it's mm-hmm. like, at what point does a video game become, uh, something that isn't entertaining? Uh, what point yeah. is a video game, a program or, um, medicine? It's like a weird line, um, that we might have to draw at some point. Um, with Achilles game with Endeavor RX, uh, looking at some videos of it and doing some of the that research, uh, yeah, it's hard to tell. Like, where does where is the line drawn between game and treatment? Um, kind of hard to say. Yeah,
0: yeah I I know NeuroGrow. They specifically stated. I think it was the doctor and she mentioned like it's not an entertaining game. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. It's, that's not the purpose of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting that you bring up the, like the nomenclature around it, Keller, like how how we describe these games, like whether or not they're entertaining. Um, you know, before I joined triple point, I had a little bit of a background in what we call the serious game space. So Mm. use of games for healthcare and, um, business and, um, education. And you know, they, they use the terms entertainment games versus serious games. So use of games for serious applications, and those games can still be entertaining. I mean, the whole point of it—the whole point of gamification—is to, um, you know, introduce um, an interactive element, um, something that people can get more engaged with, information, or, um, you know, to, as we see in in, in this case with uh, Endeavor RX treat different different um, different conditions people have. Um, you know those those can still be entertaining, but it's not necessarily like the main point of it, right? Um, right. And it, it almost makes me wonder if um, if and how entertaining games or entertainment games could incorporate some of those other um, aspects, whether it's treating certain things or you know providing education um, mm. as kind of a secondary um, a secondary role. You know, kind of a, a, on a flip side of Uh, a serious game being entertaining just, just in its design. Um,
2: I'm glad you brought that up because one of the psychologists that I spoke to who has like a, he's been playing video games all his life and he has sort of had a, uh, had a focus on it in his psychology and had said like, it's really hard for us to look at the data that companies might present to us um, as evidence because People use games now to treat depression, even though they're just normal video games, like mm-hmm. people who are having trouble getting out of bed in the morning might think, you know what, I'm going to get up and I'm going to play Elden Ring for like three hours, right? And I'm going to I'm gonna play something that will get me out of my bed. And e- even if they're not consciously thinking of it, they're just like, I'm going to play Elden Ring. I'm going to be maybe not in the best mood for the entire day. I, I'm suffering from this mental illness, but... It will certainly help um, if I'm playing video games. So it's kind of hard to be like this video game treats depression period. It's like, well, mm-hmm. video books, movies, TV, like they, I, I've i certainly had my moments of, you know, in when it's super dark in January at 4 PM, I'm like, God, I'm just like really miserable. I'm going to throw on Schitt's Creek because it's what makes me happy. And I like yep. watching it. So it's, it's sort of hard to tell like I'm I'm not I'm not thinking I'm putting on Schitt's creek to treat depression. It's like <laughs> no, I'm turning it on because it makes me not think about what's making me sad. Um, yeah. yeah. So it's yeah, I it, I'm glad you brought that up because it's kind of a weird thing to define, mm-hmm. I suppose. Yeah.
1: I mean I I you know, I think that I I think you're exactly right that like really any form of entertainment that people you know can can take joy in yeah. in can experiencing um you know there's there's a ton of value in that for for treating you know various mental health things i mean like you know if i'm if, you know i'm getting all worked up my anxiety's bothering me and like i just need to like step away from something and like just not not deal with it for the moment like i could do something else get my mind off of it whether that's yeah. you know watch a show play a game and feel better and come back to whatever I was doing in 20 minutes and absolutely, you know, feel, feel better about it. Um, right. It's, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think necessarily, you know, you're right. It doesn't have to be like, you know, I'm not going to go to my, my, my doctor and he's going to say like, all right, you know, (laughs) in addition to whatever medication you're taking for X, Y, Z, I want you to play 20 minutes of, um, like Sonic Colors every day, and I'm like, right, can I? Right. I and, yeah. and I'm going to sit over here and say, can I play twenty minutes of Sonic Colors any day? Um, yes. No, it's a great yeah. game. I, I I beat that one. Um, big Sonic guy, but um, <laughs> nice. you know, I uh, yeah, I, I I I think I think I think kind of where the distinction comes in is like, at what point is a game designed to do that? Mm-hmm. And are there any design considerations that games can take to have more, um, you know, healthcare or other serious applications? Uh, you know. Uh, just just in 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 my work at triple point you know we um one of the clients we work with is ccp games and they do a lot of work in citizen science which is another side of the serious game space um you know researching covid19 in eve online um they had some ridiculous statistic like 330 years worth of research that they saved scientists just by having people do a mini game basically where they where Mm -hmm. they you know map out uh cell graphs um from, from, uh, COVID data. I mean, it's that that's intentional design right there to like, you know, have games be more than just a piece of entertainment. Um, and I wonder, I mean, there's gotta be a way to do that with, with healthcare. There's gotta be a way Mm -hmm. to do that to more specifically, you know, treat, treat conditions like ADHD or depression or anxiety. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess. I guess the question is there. Like, what's the incentive for companies to do that? And you know, maybe mm-hmm. I, I'm. I'm just more of an optimist in in general. So, like, for me, when I look at this Roblox thing, I think like, okay, well, this is a big company who's in the entertainment game space that's paying attention to this. is yeah. You know, is giving it um, giving it a platform. So you know, hopefully, if if it goes well, other companies would consider doing you know healthcare game projects or being able to incorporate that kind of stuff into into you know into their games because I mean people put so much time into games like Mm -hmm. you know if 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 slave the spire had something to treat whatever and you're already (laughs) playing 500 hours of it then I know know, yeah (laughs) that it's it's (laughs) <laughs> if know, it it's... treated anxiety and
2: depression i would be like <laughs> the happiest person in the world
1: <laughs> i mean it, it, and it already
2: does right like right it's like i was i was just almost inexplicably inexplicably very anxious last night and i was just like yeah. really struggling to calm down and i started playing slay the spire i was like i can't turn on elden ring i don't think that's the vibe right now and yeah uh i turned on slay the spire and like what do you know? Like I felt better, but exactly. I, yeah. But I'm not, you know, I don't think, um, uh, the two guys that created this game are like, <laughs> we're about to cure depression. <laughs> like I don't think that's,
0: that's yeah. what
2: they were going for. But yeah, no, I, I, I think it's good to have some optimism. Um, I, uh, you do have to consider the money and w- what is going to pay your company's bills. Yeah. Uh, so, are we gonna invest in mental health in video games if it doesn't uh provide a bigger paycheck that's that's a good question too um but yeah let's let's hope it expands and that it actually works
0: yeah i yeah I definitely think it's there are like two different buckets and what Brad mentioned of like some intentional designs of in video games where a lot of this research. Will come down to like games that are intentionally designed for healthcare reasons, and mm. then also like research into like, yeah, what is slay? The, someone who's anxious and they're playing Slay the Spire, is that actually bringing down your anxiety? Mm. If yes, if we can prove that in research, then that will help with like reassurances from medical professionals. Who, if you're like going to your therapist or psychiatrist, and you're like, I'm just so anxious, and they could be like, Why don't you just take twenty minutes? and play your favorite game instead of like, if you tell someone that and they're like, oh my God, like you shouldn't be playing video games, like read a book. <laughs> um, which I'm not saying, I'm sure psychiatrists and therapists, I, I'm i not saying they think that way. I'm not sure what the general consensus is in that field on video games, but even just like public perceptions of video games can help with like parents whose children want to play that and if they're feeling anxious. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, we'll, I guess just, we'll see the nonprofits, I guess, who are really focusing on intentional designs of in video games, like Achilles. Um, and then we have, there's another nonprofit that I know about that's actually based he, um, in Ann Arbor, Michigan, called Gamers Outreach. And they put, they're called go-karts, but they put these like, movable machines in children's hospitals so that Mm. children who are in the hospital can play video games as a form of like you know it's relief you're in a like scary place you're fighting an illness Yep. you need something to boost your morale and they are using video games to do this and have seen a lot of success and they're all over the country now and yeah that's awesome lots of volunteers they're a great organization um
2: what is the sorry what's the organization
0: gamers outreach
2: gamers outreach cool
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, cool I'll definitely look into that
0: yeah i'm a big fan of their work um, but yeah it's this is an ongoing conversation, and I'm sure we'll we'll see more from Achilles and all these roblox yeah totally research from endeavor um yeah, and who knows? Maybe in the future things will be very different, and we'll be go seeing the doctor in VR and <laughs> like, here yep. play this game. And you click on it, and you spend thirty minutes playing it. And they're like, "Okay, cool, you're good." Yeah, uh, it just it's very interesting, and we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Well. Thank you, Keller, so much for joining us. Yeah. I, this is, I guess we can wrap up. We've had a pretty long episode. Yeah,
2: um, I'm so sorry if I was rambling on a lot no, of things.
0: Thank you. I learned a lot from this discussion, and I'm really glad you joined us to talk about yeah. this.
2: I'm so glad I could come on. Thank you so much for having me. I don't know if we... Uh, we're able to get to everything but i know we've been on the phone for a while <laughs>
0: yeah i was like we, d- we didn't get to everything but we kind of touched on the other things we were yeah going to talk about so that's all right but um where can people find you
2: oh uh you can find me on twitter uh my handle is kelbot underscore um yeah that that's that's pretty much it.
0: <laughs> uh, well, and, your, and, and NPR. <laughs>
2: yeah, and uh, rejoin the game uh, on NPR. It's We've got some really, really awesome freelancers that are putting in a lot of work to, to expand NPR's coverage. So, yeah, check it out.
0: Great. Uh, Brad, where can people find you?
1: People can find me on Twitter at Brad DeRamon, just my name spelled out, B-R-A-D-D-E-R-A-M-O-N. Kind of fast there, but... Um, you could also just look up triple point on Twitter and I'm probably one of like the 10 people they follow. So <laughs> I think we follow I more that badge people. With, oh no, people. I, I know, I know, I know, but I'll, uh, I'll wear that badge with honor. Right. Um, yeah.
0: Uh, cool. And I am on Twitter at just at Caitlin Redwing, also a handful, but you can, you can find me. Um, you can find the podcast at real time strats. And if you have any, thoughts or want to be a guest on the show please email us at podcast at triple point pr dot com. we are always welcome to your thoughts thank you so much for listening and thank you again keller for joining us
2: thank you so much guys this is awesome bye bye, bye.